when the question is brought up about where you go to church, what is your response? Is it a response that includes joy and excitement, or or is it a response of shame and you don't really want to answer? If it is the first response, that would mean that you love your church. If it is the second, then you might not have a love for your church. Now on to the intro. Carly Rockin' in the School of Life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am. It's me talking about something. How are you guys doing today? I hope you've had a fantastic week. It is yet Friday again, and if you're listening to this on Saturday, it's Saturday and so on and so forth. So let's get through with some business. If you're watching me on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, and ring the bell. If you're watching me or listening to me on Facebook, make sure to like and share. And of course, I'm all over the podcast world, so check out Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Pandora, those are the, the major ones that I'm located on. Spend a lot of time with me, and you might get to know my sense of humor. <laughs> well, anyway, hope you guys are having a great week. Um, weekend's coming up. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, so I'm going to talk about the church. Um, I know this isn't the first time I've talked about the church, but uh, I think this uh, sometimes when we think about the church, we think about it as... You know, if you go to the church for the first, if you go to church for the first time, it doesn't matter what church you go to, you walk in, there's a million people there. <laughs> and you think that church just started like that. Well, churches don't start like that. Churches usually start with five or six people. They, they, they go out and they do something and they start talking to the people outside the church to bring them in. And then they create something and then they build the church. So you, you probably don't have a church until about five years in where you have a good solid foundation of people in the church, where you create a community of people inside the church. And what I think is interesting is that you have to learn to love that thing. You have to really love your church in order to see your church grow. When you love something, you want to take it out and show it off. You are excited to tell people about it. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and you want everybody else to have the same feeling as you do about your church. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I love my church personally. Um, great community in my church. Um, a lot of people know where I go to church. You might even, might even sometimes have a link below there. to If you don't have a home church, check out generationschurch.tv. Fantastic place to go to church. And this should be actually our excitement about church. It should be that joy. It should be that love. It should be that, man, I want to get to church on Sunday. Man, I want to get to church on Sunday. Man, I want to get to church on Wednesday and Saturday or whenever church is. Man, I want to help them put stuff up on the stage. I want to help them run production. I want to help them do stuff. That becomes your mentality when you love the church. And this should be our excitement for our church. If you don't love your church, find one you love and, and will be excited to tell somebody about. You have to be able to do that. David loved God so much that he wanted to rebuild his house, the temple, God's house. But God said he couldn't because he has messed up so bad, so he had to wait until his son was able. And he loved God so much that he wanted to put everything he had into building and taking care of it. Now watch this. Watch. This is First Chronicles 29, 1-5. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon... 
<clears throat> whom alone God has chosen is young and inexperienced, and the work is great because the temple is not for man but for the Lord God. The temple is not for man but for the Lord God. Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might gold for things, watch this, gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things to be made of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for my for, for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver, and for all kinds of work, for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of the craftsmen, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord. David gave big time to get the church built. He gave in such a manner that in today's monetary value would be over $20 billion. That is dedication to the house. <laughs> so giving is a great way to love your church. If you love your church, definitely be a tither. Because tithing does so much for you, not just for the church, but it does so much for you in the process of the giving of the tithe. Now, that's not the only reason to show love for your church. That's not the only way to show love for your church. But you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Loving in its true form is not an actual feeling. It is more or less an attitude. It's not a give and take. It is unconditional. I do it because I want to not because I have to. When you love something when you love something or someone in this format, you will give whatever it takes to keep the relationship with that someone or thing together. Jesus loves the church. He loves the church so much he gave his life for it. Watch this, watch this. Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 27. Husbands love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. Notice that when Paul writes this, he takes the love that Jesus has for the church and he compares it to a marriage. This is an eternal love for the church. He has an expectation because of what he did on the cross that the church will be spotless and without blame. That is because of his great sacrifice for us, the church, that he can even be in his, that we can even be in his presence in the church. Right? So I should love my church as Jesus loves the church. I would want to be so excited about the thing that Jesus did for me that I would go tell it on the mountain. The church is not the building that we meet in. It is the people that are filled with Jesus' love and joy that go out to all the world and love others so that the church can grow. Without the church of the kingdom of God, there is no growth in the building that we gather in on Sunday. Church 
equals kingdom. Grow the kingdom, grow the church. If we have love for the church, we should then have a love for our church. The house of God where we gather on Sunday. And when we love something, we don't neglect it. We take care of it. We nourish it. We do what it takes to keep it going. So it's not just showing up to church. It's helping in the church. It's painting the church. Now, I, I know sometimes we get, I get, the, I get the emails all the time because if you go to a big church, you get a lot of emails. Can you help us paint? Can you help us do this? Can you help us do this? Can you help us? And if we're constantly going, no, I can't help you. I can't help you. I can't help you. Are you really loving the church? Are you really loving the church that you go to? Are you really loving your church when you're not willing to help it out? And then you get there and you go, why is the paint all nasty? Uh, because you didn't volunteer to paint it. <laughs> Nehemiah 10. I got a lot of stuff today, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to, so I'm going kind of quick. I hope you're okay with that. Nehemiah 10, 39. For the children of Israel and the the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain of the new wine and the oil um, to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are, and we will not neglect the house of our God. Neglect is basically letting something go till it rots or disappears. You can't neglect your church. If you love your church, you can't neglect it. You have to help. You have to be serving in your church. If you truly love your church, you have to be serving in it. You have to be doing something for it. You, you, you need to do that. It's not just, currently, I go, I go to church. I've been going to the same church for a very long time. I did take a, a short break when, when I had my own church, and I came back to my old church. My pastor is so loving that no matter what I did or where I was, and what had happened, he still receives me in because that's awesome. <laughs> Neglect is basically, I just said that. Neglect is basically letting something go. You can't let your church just go. If you love your church, you want it to be around forever. You want it to, to just be there for everybody. You want to not just give into it to keep it going. You want to take care of it physically. You want to be part of it. So you want to see it. So you want to see it grow and flourish from the day it started with the one family to the day it is handed to the next person to run it and so on and so on. When you love your church, you don't, sorry, when you when you love your church, you want to be there in, in our family life. When we truly love each other, we want to be around them. If you love your kids, you want to be around your kids. That's pretty simple if you ask me. I love my kids. I want to be around my kids. I want them to come visit me. I want to go visit them. Most of my kids have left the house. And and sometimes I think to myself, you know, I really need to be around my kids. So I'll FaceTime my daughters. I'll text them. I'll do whatever it takes to be around them. And I can't wait till I can get an opportunity to go visit everybody outside of my state. So, you know, you have to be able to do these things. And, 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 and church becomes such a community that when you go, you talk to people, you high five people, and it goes beyond that. You start to love on each other. You start to, to, to hold each other up. And that community inside church really starts to happen. And you start to really love what goes on. And it goes beyond just going in and getting a message. So many people only come to church three times in their lives. Watch this. When they're first born and they get dedicated or christened, when they get married, and when they die. (laughs) So in other words, they come to church three times. When they're hatched, matched, and dispatched. (laughs) The first time you throw water on them, the second time you throw rice, and the third time you throw dirt. (laughs) 
Jesus wants us to gather, and I believe he wants us to gather where we are comfortable, and we can have a good time during that gathering. Now, of course, we had a bunch of struggles with COVID a couple years ago, and we're st- some places are still having issues with that when it comes to the church. But here's this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. This is Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, this is community right here, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So as we get closer to the time that Jesus is coming back, the day approaching, the more community within the church, with the church people, we actually have to have because the world will tear us down and we will do things that we really shouldn't be doing if we're hanging out with the worldly. Verse 24 says, consider one another in order to stir up the good works, stir up love and good works, not give them a beat down till they do things right. If you go to a church and they're just constantly thumping you, you kinda got a hell in a handbasket. You might want to find a place that gives you love. Yes, if you don't receive Jesus, you might be going to hell in a handbasket. But how are they presenting that? I look at it like this. If you can have a good time doing something for God, why wouldn't you? I know that not everything you do for God is fun. Painting walls is not fun. (laughs) I've had my share of funeral services that I've had to do personally, and I've had financial issues in my life. And, but knowing that Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith and your faith, and you are gathering in a place that you love, and everybody there loves God, we know that no matter what is happening in life, we can talk to others that have been through it and have talked to God and could give you good godly advice. And you get a good message of hope through the pastor. And you can see a bright, glorious future because you have made the decision to love your church. I love my church. We have the best people and it's full of love and joy and excitement and we are all willing to do what it takes to keep it and grow it. Right on, right on.